You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. To prepare for a new year properly, we need to look back on the year that has passed with a heart of gratitude. Listen to this year-end message by Rain Tatlonghari. Happy New Year to everybody. This is the last Sunday of 2014. And um, 2014 just went by real fast. Uh, I don't know if you feel that way. It was like a couple of months back that we were um, thinking of our uh, faith goals for 2014. And now we have to think about our faith goals again for 2015. And so it went by really, really fast. And uh, it's also a good time to assess and um, make adjustments because we want to be we want to be better we want to improve so they say that the biggest room in the world is a room for improvement right and so we want to improve uh from 2014 and become a better person uh by 2015 and so we're we're looking for uh things to improve on so we're making uh, an evaluation an assessment it's also a time for new year's resolutions you know maybe some of us were, were thinking as uh next year 2015 i'll hit the gym i'll be more active physically because uh I ate too much <laughs> this past season, right? So we're assessing um, individuals and um, groups are also assessing um, by this time, corporations and, and organizations are already excited to hit the ground running for 2015. People are talking, uh, book na ako, ito na yung mga uh, activities ko. I have already uh, uh, commitments for 2015 as early as now. No? But um, because of our want to improve, because of our want and our need to become better, it's easy to lose uh, appreciation of what we already have. Yes, we want to hit the ground running, but it's also good to stop and smell the flowers. And so we ask, we ask this question, if there's one thing that you want to thank God for for 2014, what would that be? If there's one thing, what would that be? I asked this same question to my uh, victory group. Uh, we had our last, we had our last uh, victory group meeting here in, in Akasha. We had a wonderful buffet dinner. And we asked this question, if there's one thing that you want to thank God for for 2014, what would it be? And I'd like to share uh, five top answers. And so they said relationships. Thank God for uh, relationships. Thank God for promotions, right? promote dito. You want to thank God for that. And uh, new things, health, and, 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 and life. And life. Uh, similarly, uh, Twitter also did the same survey. Twitter was monitoring the tweets of their, of, of, of their users. And there, this, this phrase, I'm thankful for, is usually followed by a word. And they monitored uh, the users in, in America, in the United States, what are the things that people are thankful for. So right here is the 10 top things Americans are most thankful for for 2014. So I'd just like to share this with you. Number one, I'm thankful for you. Can you look at the person beside you? Say, thank you. Right, right. And you know, number two is life. They're thankful for life. It's really good. Uh, of course, you know, uh, people, family. Number five is interesting. Uh, <laughs> being, having, uh, having that attitude of uh, really thanking God, uh, uh, being thankful for everything is a good thing, right? Just about everything. I'm thankful for everything. Six is love. It's for people who found love or people are still in love. You have some people in love here? Uh-huh. Just a few? <laughs> Just a few. Well, we thank God for love. Uh, we thank God for friends. Thank God uh, for everyone. We thank God for today. Um, well, uh, they're thankful for today. Sometimes it's not easy. 2014 is not easy, and it's just a day at a time. 
And so we are thankful for today. Uh, the Word of God says uh, this is the day that the Lord has made and uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Number 10 that came into the list, pumasok sa number 10 is God. Wow, and that's amazing because God made it to number 10 in the United States, right? That's Twitter, right? So <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, but if you think about it, if, if, if we understand that the source of everything that we are enjoying, the source of everything and every blessing that we have really came from God, then we know God should be on number one, right? God should be number one. Word of God says in, in James, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It descends down from the Father of lights. In Him, there is no shadow of turning. Yeah. Join me with me now as we um, dive into uh, today's uh, main text. We'll be reading from John, I mean uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. I'd like invite all of you to stand as we um, read God's word for us this morning. Let's all together read Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. Verse 11, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Say with me, ten? Ten lepers who stood at a distance. Verse 13, he, And lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, he, and he fell on his face on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Uh, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Verse 19, And he said to them, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful time. Thank you, Lord God, for, uh, for today. Lord, we pray that you continue to enlighten our hearts and, and allow us, Lord God, to experience your love, your grace, and allow us, Lord God, to, to, to just appreciate who you are and for what you've done in our lives. Father, we give you glory at this time. Bless your messenger and bless the preaching of your word. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all have our seats. One thing that uh, jumped out in that verse, which I want to wanna, uh, highlight, is the word leprosy. And so I, I don't know much about leprosy. I have not seen a person with leprosy. Uh, and so I, I checked medical uh, journals uh, online, and this is what I, I, I got, and I want to share this with you. Uh, leprosy came from the Latin word lepra, which means scaly. Uh, it is reported as early as 600 B.C. So we just finished our series on B.C. before Christ. So 600 B.C., leprosy really is uh, right smack in, in, in uh, biblical times. And so the Bible has many references or made many references on uh, leprosy. The disease is highly contagious and incurable uh, at that time. Uh, but now, uh, uh, because of medical breakthroughs, uh, leprosy is now curable. But during that time, highly contagious, incurable. Uh, it causes the tissues to degenerate and deform the body. It's, and culturally, 
at that time is also viewed as a punishment from God. So leprosy is not just a physical uh, uh, affliction, but also a spiritual affliction as it is viewed as a curse. It is viewed as a punishment from God. That's why um, uh, Leviticus chapter 13 talks about how they would handle people uh, with, with this disease of leprosy. So this is uh, a biblical uh, a law, a Levitical law at that time. Well, number one, people who are, um, uh, that, that may have leprosy are to be examined by the priests. It's only the priest that would examine uh, this person. It's uh, Aaron or the sons of Aaron, the priest would examine. And if it is determined that this person has leprosy, he will be, he will be uh, labeled as unclean. Say with me, unclean. unclean. And as unclean, he will live alone and outside the camp. He will wear uh, torn clothes, cover his upper lip, and cry out, unclean, unclean. So this is how they would deal with, with, with leprosy. And so we can say that leprosy is not just physical. The physical affliction, of course, is it's incurable. It degenerates the, the tissue, deforms the body, and probably really hurts a lot. Um, next, it's that it's also a sh- social affliction because if you have the disease, you are to live alone and you, are, you, can't, you cannot be with your family, you can't be your friends, you are cut off, you are cast out of, of society. And so it's also a social rela- relational affliction. Number three, it's also financial because if you, had, if you have leprosy, you can no longer work. Can you imagine with me if uh, uh, the person serving you at your favorite restaurant has leprosy? Even if the, the food is so good, you won't go back to that restaurant, right? Or maybe our, your barber or your uh, hairstylist has leprosy and he's, he's cutting, cutting your hair. And, uh, sir, shall we shave now? <laughs> so probably not go back there, right? So... It's not just physical, it's not just social, relational, it's not just financial, it's also mental and emotional. Depression, hopelessness, sadness really would creep in. There's nothing to live for. Leprosy is not just a disease of the body, it is a disease of the soul. They are still alive, but it is as if they are already dead. So that's the picture of a person with the disease of leprosy. Now, leprosy. Now, going now to the to the to our context, to our verse, Luke chapter seventeen, verse twelve says this: Jesus, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Ten lepers, all of the same condition, all suffering from 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 leprosy. They stood at a distance, no, and 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 uh, they they met Jesus. So I was thinking. As I came upon this verse, uh, if you're a leper, you live alone. But apparently, lepers can live with other lepers. So they live in colonies. And so uh, probably in that camp, in that colony, it's really dark. It's really sad. Do you want to have a vacation there? No, right? You don't, don't, nobody wants to spend a vacation there in the leper colony, right? And so they were there. And probably, I'm just thinking, this is not in the Bible. I'm just thinking, one leper got this idea or and heard of that Jesus was passing by. And somehow he stirred up enough courage, enough hope, enough faith to believe that maybe, probably, there is a chance to be healed. There is a chance to be restored. And so he shared among the ten, guys, come on, there's this guy, Jesus, uh, let's meet him. And probably these guys, the, all the other lepers were saying, 
Why? Is there hope? What's in it for us? Can we be healed? Probably. Can we be restored to our families? Probably. Let's give it a chance. It's better than just staying here, lying down. Let's go get up and, and, and let's meet Jesus. And so there were 10 of them. There were 10 of them uh, that, that, that met Jesus along the way. So I was thinking, did Jesus meet them because they were on a, a, different, on a, a different place, on a special colony? But here, they met Jesus and they were expectant. Now, Sunday after Sunday, we go to church. Sunday after Sunday, we worship God. But how many of us here really are expecting something from the Lord? Now, as we come to church, are we expecting something from Jesus? But Jesus is here. Do you believe? As two or three come and gather in his name, he is there in our midst. So Jesus is here. and It's, we, it's, it's good to come and, and expect something from the Lord. 17, uh, verse 13 says this, And lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Lifted up their voices means a shout. They shout out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They are desperate. There's no other alternative. There is no plan B to this situation, a physical situation, a financial situation, a relational situation, an emotional, mental uh, situation. There is no plan B. There is no other alternative. There's only one solution, and that is Jesus. We might not have this chance again. And so they are there, and they're giving it all. They're shouting out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Last week's preaching is on BC, before Christ. Pastor Ariel mentioned that God is mindful of our needs, God is merciful to us, and God is mighty for us. And so, when they shout, they had hope. Verse 14 is this, the response of Jesus. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were Cleanse. The spoken word was released by Jesus. You see, God's word has the power to create a new reality in our lives. Amen? No matter what our situation may be, health, financial, relationships, emotional, the word of God can create a new reality in our lives. Jesus spoke his word. He says, go and show yourself to the priests. The reason why he said that, because they are already cleansed. Go and show yourself to the priest so that the priest can determine, can qualify you as already clean. He spoke his word. He spoke his word. And so as they went, they were cleansed. Point number one is this. Jesus hears and Jesus heals. As we cry out to the Lord, I don't know how our year went, 2014. I don't know what we're going through right now. If we have something that's relational, something that's financial, or maybe health issues, or maybe emotional issues, we can cry out to God. We can cry out to God. Jesus hears and Jesus heals. Psalm 30 verse 2 says this, O Lord my God, I cried out to you for help and you have healed me. Acts 2.21 says that those who call upon the name of the Lord, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is healing, there is salvation, there is restoration in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this. Very familiar verse. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that you do not even know. There are things that God can provide for us. Things that are beyond our imagination as we just call upon His name. Call upon the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Jesus hears 
and Jesus heals. Point number two I want to make is that everybody followed by faith. Say with me, by faith. Followed by faith. In Luke uh, 14, uh, 17, Luke 17 on verse 14 says this, When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. How many of you believe that faith is an action word? Faith is an action word. Faith without uh, works is dead. So, so although they were they lived, the disleprous, uh, they live as dead. Their faith came alive by the word of God. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. Verse 19 says, And he said to them, Rise up, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, faith is a key component for a miracle. Faith is a key component to make the impossible things possible. Faith is a key component for the wonderful works of God to be manifested upon our lives. We need to have faith. Can you look at the person beside you and say, have faith. Have faith in Jesus. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Say with me, He exists, He rewards. God exists and God rewards. So, Jesus moved in their behalf. Jesus healed them. Leprosy was erased. Restoration and healing was made possible. Physical, they got healed. Probably when the, the Word of God says, as they went on their way, they got healed. Probably while, while they're walking away, their skin started to get healed. Their, 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 their fingers started to, to grow back. No, they got healed. And maybe um, because of that healing, they can now go back to their families. They can now go back to their friends. Social and uh, relational healing is also, uh, also there. Maybe financial, they can also get a job after this. They're already cleansed, they're already healed. And it healed them uh, emotionally and mentally. The, the depression, the sadness is now gone and replaced with joy. And that's a good thing, right? And only Jesus can do that, amen? All healed, all restored, but only one thankful. All were desperate, all were hopeless, all were wretched, but only one returned to Jesus and gave thanks. We're looking at Luke chapter 17, verse, on the verse 15 and 16 says, says there, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. Say with me, loud voice. Say with me, praise God. Can you do louder than that? Praise God. Loud voice. He was so thankful. He was praising God. Verse 16, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Interestingly to note is that one out of ten only came back to Jesus and gave to Jesus, gave thanks, worshipped Jesus. If I would use that equation and just playing along with my mind, if we are a hundred here, and just one out of ten, it just, it, that's going to be uh, uh, 10% of us would just come and just worship God and just give Him thanks for what He has done. But we're more than 10%. I believe all of us are thanking God, right? All of us are thanking God. So um, 
a little bit on the Samaritan. What is a Samaritan? <clears throat> I looked it up myself. Uh, uh, well, basically, Samaria is a region in the northern kingdom of Israel. And the uh, Israelite uh, inhabitants of that uh, region intermarried with the foreigners and they also embraced their pagan religion. So Samaritans were considered to be outcasts and also uh, 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 idolaters at that time. So they were uh, deemed as unclean. In fact, if they didn't shout uh, to the lepers, unclean, unclean, they were also shou- shouting to the Samaritans, unclean, unclean. So they were like outcasts of society. So this guy, a Samaritan, already an outcast, already, already uh, uh, an outcast of society, also had leprosy. So like, that's like double whammy on, on, on his part. But it's only him who came back. It's only him who, who thanked the Lord. It's only him who worshipped Jesus at his feet. Jesus was looking for the others. He says in verse 17, Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Say to me, where are the nine? Where are the others? Has no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? What are some reasons? What are some reasons why people are sometimes not thankful? So I, I, I also ask myself, what's with the nine? What's with the nine? How come uh, the nine did return and was not uh, thankful? Well, number one, maybe people have a tendency to be so excited about the blessing, that their focus is on the gift and not on the giver, right? Like we've re- maybe probably we receive our 15, 14th month, our 15th month, and we're saying, wow, I have this blessing. Uh, what's there to buy? What's on sale? Maybe now I can buy my LED uh, TV, 55-inch, or maybe my jacuzzi, right? <laughs> and so uh, people get exi- excited about the gift. Their focus is on the gift and not on the giver, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Descends down from the Father of lights. In Him, there is no shadow of turning. Everything that we are enjoying, everything that is, that we, that the blessing that uh, comes our way really comes from the Lord. He is the source of all our blessings. Amen? Deuteronomy 8 also, 11 to 14. Uh, this is not the actual verse, but this is just bullet points. You can uh, look at this verse as a reference. But what it says there is that when you are filled and satisfied, now a lot of us got filled and satisfied during these seasons, right? <laughs> when you are filled and satisfied and all you possess uh, uh, is multiplied, do not forget the Lord. Let us not forget the Lord. He is God. He is the source of everything that we have. Some reasons why we are, why people are sometimes not thankful. One, excited, focus on the gift. Or maybe two, entitled, focus on the self. We're, we're focused on the self. It is as if God owes us. God owes us something. Just because we're saved, just because uh, we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, uh, is it, it is as if that God owes us. God owes us a parking space. Each time we go to the parking lot, we're saying, Lord, give me a parking space. And it is as if that God uh, owes us a parking space. Or and if we're running late to our meetings and we're praying, Lord, let, it, let the green light stay, stay green, uh, stay on for a while until I cross this, this intersection and turn it to red. 
<laughs> so parang God owes us a parking space, God owes us uh, a green light. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that um, uh, we should not pray or we should not ask. That's not uh, what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that a spirit of entitlement, we don't deserve that. We don't deserve, God does not owe us a parking space. God, it's, it, it's not self-serving. God does not owe us a comfortable, convenient life. God does not owe us, uh, owe us that. But we owe God our lives. We owe God the very breath that we are breathing, the very life that we have, the very strength that we have. We owe God. God does not owe us. Amen? So entitlement is self-serving versus uh, worshiping God. So these are probably some of the reasons uh, why uh, people are not thankful. Can you, let's, let's just do a little activity. Let's just lift up our fist. Yeah, lift up our fist, right? Uh, and so these are the, the, the picture of people who are uh, demanding for things, right? You see them rallying or picket lines, so demanding for things and say, I deserve, come on, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. I deserve. There are five things there, open up your hands. And these are five words, I should be in hell. Right. Again, I should be in hell. Let's do this again. I should be in hell. Apart from Jesus, apart from the grace, apart from the mercies of God, because of our sin, we should be in hell. Main reason why we are not thankful is this. There's something about the gospel that we do not fully understand or do not fully believe. We need to understand the gravity of our sin and the greatness of His provision. You see, we are all like spiritual lepers, unclean, unclean. We are dead in our transgressions. We are rotting in our flesh because of sin. But God made us alive in Christ. We need to understand and appreciate the gravity of our sin and the greatness of His provision, His grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5 says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love that, uh, that which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Can you look at the person beside you? Smile at that person and say, By grace you have been saved. We are unclean, spiritual lepers, dead in our transgressions, but God made us alive. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It is a free gift. What we deserve because of our sin is really death. But Jesus died so that we may live. He lived the life that we cannot live. He lived the holy life that we cannot live. And He died the death that we should have died. He died in our place that we may live. Upon that cross, He says, It is finished. It is done. The victory is won. My blood will be shed for the forgiveness of sin. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world. And He is... He did it for you and for me, for each and every one of us. 
that is because of the love of Jesus. That while we were yet sinners, He died for us. Now, is that something to be thankful for? Amen. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the glory. Let's give God the thanksgiving. Main point that I want to make here is that we don't deserve anything, but Jesus gave us His everything. Jesus gave us His everything. The life that we are now living under the grace of God, we have been forgiven, we have been cleansed from our transgressions, from our sins. We have been restored back to the community of God and now we are accepted as children of the Lord as we receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. I want to end with this verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let us give thanks. Let us remember the goodness of God. Let us remember the gravity of our sin and the greatness of His grace. Something that I want to share, it's not in my slide. Uh, coming to 2015, uh, the world says that 2015 is the year of the sheep. And people are asking themselves, what is in store for me for 2015 in the year of the sheep? But the truth of the matter is that 2015 is not the year of the sheep. 2015 is 2015 Anno Domini. And Anno Domini means the year of our Lord. 2015 belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We don't know. Let's give God the praise. Let's give God the glory. We don't know what 2015 holds, but we know who holds 2015. 2015 belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And as we enter 2015, Let's have faith. Let's be thankful that 2015 belongs to the Lord. Let us pray. We hope you were inspired by that message. On behalf of Victory Alabang, we wish you a happy and blessed new year. Thank you and stay connected.